Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And today is a bouncy little show that's going to skip around a few weight divisions in particular. Uh, we're going to talk about the WBO, who has ordered number one, Arnold Barbosa Jr., and number two, Jose Ramirez, to begin negotiations for a fight that potentially could have the 140-pound belt available. This is according to Dan Ambrose, who's writing for BoxingNews24.com. He says the WBA uh, are giving the current WBO 140-pound champion, Tiafimo Lopez, 24 hours to let them know whether he will keep it or vacate the title. According to Mike Coppinger over at ESPN, he says the undisputed lightweight champ, Devin Haney, is also being given 24 hours to let the WBO know if he's going to be fighting at 140. If so, Haney can fight Barbosa Jr. for the vacant WBO 140-pound belt if Tio Fomo uh, vacates it. Devin does appear to be moving up in lightweight, however, light welterweight, however, but he's interested in fighting WBC 140-pound champ Regis Progress. Haney would stand a better chance of beating Progress than Barbosa Jr. because he's more fearless, throws more punches, and is younger. That would be a hard fight for Haney to face Barbosa. Teofimo told media after his victory over WBO light welterweight champ Josh Taylor last month that he's retiring from the sport. If he chooses to continue, he'll need to defend against Barbosa Jr., who's 28-0, by the way, and that's somewhat Teofimo has no interest in fighting. It's a bad matchup for Teofimo because Barbosa Jr. isn't washed up like Josh Taylor, and he would force him to a dogfight similar to the one he had against George Cambosis Jr., so, the former WBC and WBO light welterweight champ, Ramirez, who's 28-1, by the way, 18 knockouts, has won his last two fights against Richard Comey and Jose Pedraza since losing to Josh Taylor by 12-round unanimous decision in May of 2021. And that was for the undisputed championship at that time. Ramirez hasn't looked impressive in his last four fights, dating back to 2020. The last time he looked good was when he stopped Maurice Hooker in the sixth round back in 2019. Uh, let's look at it this way. It would be a miracle if Tifomo chose to keep his WBO title and defend it against Barbosa Jr. Jr. Tifomo isn't the type that handles success well. And this is kind of funny. Last paragraph, he goes, after big wins, Tifomo's ego runs amok, crippling him like a virus taking over his body, and he's not able to handle it. Tifomo is much better when his fans are counting him out, and there's nothing expected of him. He's a Tyson Fury type of fighter that can't handle success. So let's see if uh, Barbosa Jr. and Jose Ramirez can, in fact, uh, meet in the middle. And let's see if that fight can happen. It will be a dandy if so. Moving along to uh, another of the ABCs, WBC President Maurizio Suleiman has clarified the details of the Tyson Fury-Nagano fight. Last night, it was announced that heavyweight champion Tyson Fury will be fighting in Saudi Arabia against the UFC's former champion, in a 10-round fight. He asked for special permission from the WBC. As you know, Fury did everything possible, says the WBC, to fight U6 since December of last year, has tried everything possible to fight Joshua, to fight Andy Ruiz. Anyway, he wasn't able to land a top-tier fight, and because of that and not having an efficient challenger, he has been granted special permission to do a fight on October 28th in Saudi Arabia. So a 10-rounder non-title affair heading our way. Boxing fans, I can tell you, are not happy about that. 
Uh, Mike Coppinger over at ESPN at, adds in after uh, Fury retained his WBC title title with a six round stoppage over Dillian White in April 2022 at London's Wembley Stadium. Naganu stepped through the ropes to start the hype train. That an event. Uh, was finalized 15 months later. The deal became a fair, far greater possibility when Nagano, the longtime UFC heavyweight champ, parted ways with Dana White uh, in January. The 36-year-old from Cameroon re-emerged with the PFL in May in a deal that allowed him to box. Nagano hasn't competed since January 2022, uh, with a win over Cyril uh, Gain to regain his heavyweight championship. He then underwent surgery two months later to repair torn MCL and ACL. So rather than watching Nagano square off with John Jones in the octagon or face uh, or have uh, Fury face Usyk, we'll see the best big men in each fighting discipline face off in what figures to be one of the biggest sporting events of 2023, says Mike Coppinger. Now, Let's take a look at who Fury could have chosen. And let's take out uh, number one and number two, uh, Wilder and Usyk. But below those two, if you're taking a look at numbers uh, three down, you're looking at quite a few decent names that Fury could have fought and uh, retained uh, if he won his uh, WBC belt. So let's have a quick look at those names that are mentioned in uh, World Boxing News. Uh, as I said, uh, you're seeing uh, Wilder and Ruiz Jr., one and two, and they've been ordered to fight their mandatory. So uh, the less that are available and viable uh, for Tyson Fury could have been Anthony Joshua, Frank Sanchez, Arslanbek Mahmudov, Martin Bacoli, and Jan Kozabutsky. Also in the mix, Jared Anderson, Otto Wallen, Ajit Kabayal, Luis Ortiz, and Efe Ajagba. Uh, the three off the menu were Dillian White, who Fury has pulverized before, then Joe Joyce, who is tied up with Jilla Zhang, and Joseph Parker, his friend he won't ever fight. So uh, you could also add Joshua. As AJ admitted, he wasn't ready when talks got underway, so Fury had nine solid op options yet opted for Naganu. So it'll be pushing two years since his last mandatory when Fury defends the title again. Hmm. Uh, over Boxing News Online, we read this report. Ever since he defeated Deontay Wilder in an epic th third encounter back in 2021, Fury's moves have been impossible to understand. First, he announced his retirement after knocking out Dillian White in the mandatory defense. Then he pulled the bait and switch with Anti Joshua several times before settling on another fight nobody wanted with Derek Chisora at the end of 2022. And the move has only been more bizarre since then. Instead of an undisputed heavyweight championship showdown with fellow title holder Yusuk, Fury has done everything but to give the fans what they want. He teased a boxing match with former UFC heavyweight champ Francis Nagano and... When that didn't materialize, he started rattling off names of heavyweights nobody cared about. And all that is true, but to lay the blame squarely on Fury's feet is unfair and short-sighted, continues this writer. He has undoubtedly caused problems in making the biggest fights, namely a monster clash with Usyk, but it isn't all his fault. 
Take the Nagano fight, for example. Fury's being offered tens of millions of pounds to box someone he could beat with one arm in a fight that wouldn't even affect his official boxing record. And should should he miraculously lose? Can you really blame him for taking that? It's a prize fighter's dream. Uh, the issue is such a fight is an option, if it's a, a, an option, if it is even an option at all. If anyone is to blame, it's those footing the bill of a Fury Nagano fight. Then there's Joshua versus White. It actually is an intriguing rematch, particularly at this point in their careers. But as Hale points out, uh, it's not the first choice for Joshua's next fight. If you ask all fans, that would be wilder. It would be ridiculous so to blame Fury for that. He's nothing to do with it. And by all accounts, should Joshua beat White, he'll be facing Wilder in December, again, over in Saudi Arabia. The blame game doesn't really help anyone. The issues with the heavyweight division are not the fault of one person, but rather the result of numerous failings within boxing. How's that for a punch to the gut? Now, speaking of punches to the gut, let's move over to the women's boxing side of things, where Natasha Jonas says Clarissa Shields should put her money where her mouth is after the American issued a knockout warning uh, directed towards Jonas. Uh, we're levels apart, maybe in weight levels, but we're getting closer. Natasha Jonas, uh, she remains open to a fight against American uh, Clarissa Shields uh, after Jonas became two-weight world champion by securing the IBF welterweight title. Um, Natasha Jonas has told Clarissa Shields to put her money where her mouth is after the American star issued a knockout warning to Britain's world champion. Shields was watching from ringside as Jonas became a two-weight world champion by stopping Candy Wyatt in Manchester uh, about a month ago to claim the IBF welterweight belt. Uh, Shields has claimed that Jonas would be knocked out if they shared the ring, but the Liverpudlian was quick to dismiss this threat. Who has she knocked out? Let's be honest. Jonas said, we're levels apart, maybe weight levels, but we're getting closer. She says she'll come down to 147, put her money where her mouth is, and let's see if she does. She said that before, but Demetra Salida, Shields promoter, also said, we want to do it at catchweight at 156 because she couldn't make 154. And now she says she'll do 147. That's not what her own teams are saying. There's lots of contradictions of what she says. While Shields looms as a potential opponent, Jonas also expressed interest in a clash with fellow Brit, undisputed super lightweight world champ Chantel Cameron, who produced a stunning win over Katie Taylor back in May. She emphasized their friendship would not hinder a potential fight as both fighters recognized the magnitude of the matchup. That's something that we've spoken about personally between us two. There's no animosity. It'd be a big fight for both of us, and this is what it is. It's a big fight. She's argued for one of the best fighters on our shores. She's beat the undisputed, uh, undefeated, undisputed champ, Katie Taylor, and an undisputed champion in Jess McCaskill. I don't think uh, she gets the flowers she deserves because she's a great fighter. Jonas admits there was a bigger burden of expectation on her shoulders after she became a dominant champion at super welterweight, being unified uh, with two world titles at 154. But at the age of 39, Jonas believes she dis she's displayed glimpses of new ring skills during her ruthless victory. It was a fight I was supposed to win, and sometimes I feel like I added pressure to me. I wanted to go out, have a good performance, get a good start, and show something I haven't shown before. I think I did that. Let's move along to someone else who's having a bit of difficulty with his uh, public persona, Jared Anderson, who's now set to battle, uh, battle Andrei Rudenko on August 26th, somewhat of a curious matchup. 
Let's read what uh, has been said uh, in an article posted on Boxing247.com. The unfinished product, heavyweight Jared Anderson, will be taking a big step backward with his career by facing veteran Andrei Rudenki next month on August 26th. Top, top rank wanted to match Anderson next against Jean Kozabutsky next, but watching him get knocked silly repeatedly by Charles Martin recently has seemingly changed their plans. Rudenko, 35 and 6, by the way, 21 knockouts, is 39 years old, and his best years are in the rearview mirror. He's lost to Yui Fury, Jala Zhang, Alexander Povetkin, Ajit Kavayal, and Vladislav Sirenko. There's little risk for Anderson that he'll lose to this guy unless he can't take a punch without being wobbled. Jared has been hurt by journeyman Jerry Forrest and Charles Martin. This is another 40-ish fighter Jared Anderson will be facing, and the idea is that he'll improve through learning through these old vets. If it works, Jared will take over the heavyweight division when Tyson Fury retires. The problem with top rank feeding Jared so many tomato cans is he could end up like Edgar Berlanga and not improve at all. It would be smart for top rank not to continue to match Anderson. Can't be an old faded fighter for too long because he might be uh, not might not be mentally and physically cut to be a world champion uh, level fighter. It's better that the promotional company find out sooner rather than later if Jared has what it takes to be a world champion. Anderson talking about wanting to retire at age 27 isn't a good sign. He's going to be around long enough for top rank to get the most out of him, and they don't want to feed him cans until he's, until he's 26, and then he retires a year later. It's a quick turnaround for the 23-year-old Anderson. He's 15-0, 14 knockouts. He wants three fights this year. He's fought twice thus far, beating George Arias and Charles Martin. Uh, that later fight was tough for Anderson, with him getting hurt seemingly each time Martin nailed him cleanly. Anderson's chin looked fragile, and he appears to be timid, when he was met with resistance. When Martin would go on the attack, Jared would retreat straight back with his chin in the air. When Martin followed, he would land. Luckily for Anderson, Martin mostly stood still, wanting to preserve his gas tank, and he would let escape. A younger heavyweight with a killer instinct like Arsanabak Makhmudov would have followed Anderson, trapped him, and bludgeoned him to pieces. Woo, hardcore. Right on. Quick little update here. Alicia Baumgartner looks to avenge her lone pro loss to Christina Lenardu this weekend uh, on the zone. And I think it'll be taking place at Detroit's Masonic Temple. And that card also features the pro debut of Cuban amateur great Andy Cruz. Also on Showtime, Frank Martin headlines a fight uh, with uh, Nonito Donaire facing Alejandro Santiago for the vacant w Bantam WBC Bantamweight title on the card as well. So there you go. A couple of fights to look forward to this weekend. I'm sure we'll talk about them on the Friday night panel. And I thank you very much for joining me here on Talk and Fight. Appreciate it. Remember, like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And we'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I join Mike Orr for his show, Knuckle Up.